actually brought here. I, I should have probably read this book before I decided to record it. Cause I don't know about you, but I don't like my cover right now. He is a dick. I just came in. And I'm reading. No. It's fucking raining really hard. Bring the cigarettes in with you when you come in. Bring the cigarettes in with you when you come in. Anyways, Ashley Bart King Dying Palmer Book, The Last Mercenary, Chapter 8. <laughs> After a restless night, but thankfully with no nightmares, Callie put on a colorful sundress and went out onto the beach barefoot to pick up shells. She met Mon Joe on the way. He was wearing the long oyster silk hooded deep gel blouse. She never seen him out of. He gave her a rule for once. The boss had to send the town for a new tuxedo last night, he said with twinkling dark eyes. I understand. You took him swimming. Take you now, Tuxedo. I didn't mean to. We had a hand name calling contest and lost. He chuckled too. You know, his woman rarely accosts him. They fawn over him, play up to him, stroke his ego, and leave her expensive presents. I'm his sister. She's a neutral. You are not. Replied gently, smiled at her. Surprise glance. He does occasionally share things with me, he added. I believe the fiction is to protect you from Lissa. She was obsessively jealous of him and not a woman to make an enemy of. She has powerful connections and little conscience. Oh, I got to her before I got to him, if you recall. Kelly said with a worried glance. She's got her toes in the sand, unearthing part of her perfect shell. She said to pick she meant to pick it up. I guess I'll be fish food if she has mob connections. He chuckled. I wouldn't rule that out, but you're all safe enough here, he admitted. What are you doing? Collecting shells to take back home. She said her eyes on the beach. I've lived in work all my life. I don't think I've ever even seen the ocean. Galveston is on the bay, and it isn't too far from Jacobsville, but I've never been there either. It just fascinates me. She glanced at Micah said, you were from Morocco? That's where the Sahara Desert is, isn't it? Yes, but I am from Tangier. It is far north of the desert. But isn't desert too? But isn't desert too, isn't it? She wondered in that version. Pleasant. Tangier is a seaport. Man, Mademoiselle. In fact, it looks a little like Nazi. That's why I don't mind working here with Micah. Really? She just stared at him. Isn't it funny how we get mental pictures of faraway places and they're nothing like what we see when you get there? I've seen postcards of the Bahamas, but I thought the water was painted because it didn't even look real. But it, but it is. It's the most astonishing group of colors. Bonjour. He turned to see Bonjour. He turned to see his boss coming toward them, term and threatening. It was enough for Callie to hear the tone of his voice to know that he was angry. She didn't turn around as him and he had chores for Bonjour. See you, she said with a smile. He looked at us. I wonder. He replied enigmatically and went down the beach to speak to Micah. Minutes later, Micah strolled down the beach where Callie was kneeling and sorting shells stamped with seawater and coated with sand. sand. He was wearing sand-colored slacks with casual shoes and an expensive silk shirt under a sports coat. He looked elegant and so handsome that Callie couldn't continue looking at him without letting her admiration show. Are you here for an apology? She asked, concentrating the shells. Concentrating on the shells instead of him, her heart was pounding like mad, but at least her voice sounded calm. I'm here to take you sightseeing. Her heart jumped. She thought that would be the last thing on his mind after the argument the night before. She glanced at his knees and away again. Thanks for the offer, but I'd rather hunt shells if it's all the same to you. 
He stuck his hands into his pockets and glared at her dark, bent head, his mouth making a thin line and a hard face. He felt guilty about the things he said to her the night before. She made him question his whole lifestyle with a remark about Lissa. When he looked back, he had to admit that most of the women in his life had been out for material re rewards, far from looking for love. They'd been looking for expensive jewelry, nights out in the fanciest nightclubs and restaurants, sailing trips on his yacht. Callie wouldn't even let him buy her a decent dress. He glared at the dress she was wearing with bridal fury. Lisa had spent the evening condemning Callie for everything from her Texas accent to her lack of style. It had been one of the most unpleasant dates of his life, and when he refused her offer to stay the night at her apartment, she made furious comments about his unnatural attraction to his sister. Rather than be accused of perversion, he'd been forced to tell her the truth that that had only made matters worse. Lisa had stormed into her apartment house without a word, and he knew that she was vindictive. He'd have to watch Callie even more carefully now. I guess she'll get. I guess she gave you hell out all night, huh? Callie asked. I'm really sorry. He let her harsh breath. Dark eyes went to the waves crest in the white sand near the shore. Bits of seawater washed up over the occasional shelf, along with bites of palm leaves. Why don't you want to see Nasi? She stood up and lifted one of her bare feet. There was a noticeable blister between her big toe and the next one on both feet. Because I'd have to go because I'd have to go barefoot. I got the wrong sort of sandals. They've got a tongue that goes between your toes and I'm not used to them. Sneakers don't really go with this dress. Not much would. He said with the scattering trinity of it. Half the woman on New Providence are probably wearing one just like it. She glared at Assembly line dresses are part of my lifestyle. I have to live within my means, she said with her outraged pride. I'm sorry if I don't dress up to your exacting standards. They can't afford hot couture on take-home pay of a life of a little over $150 a week. Her chin tilted with even more awesome. So spare your blushes and leave me to my shells. I hate to embarrass you by wearing my rags out in public. Oh, hell, he burst out, eyes flashing. He was outraged, but she knew she hit the nail on the head. He didn't even try to pretend that he wasn't ashamed to take her out public. Isn't it better if I stay here anyway? Surely I'm safer in a camp of armed men than I would be running around Nasi. You seem to be surgically attached to Bonjo lately. <laughs> he said angrily. She both right. I like Bonjo, she said. He doesn't look down on the way I dress or make fun of my exit or ignore me when I'm around. He was almost a vi vibrating with anger. Couldn't remember any woman in his life making him as explosively angry as Callie could. Why don't you take Lissa sightseeing? She suggested moving away from him. You can start with the most expensive drawer in Nasi and work your way to the most expensive boutique. Micah! He had her up in his arms and he was heading for the ocean. She pushed out his bra. Don't you dare! Don't you dare! Micah! It didn't work. He swung her around and suddenly was about to toss her out right into the waves. When the explosion came, there was a rock ricochet that was unmistakable to Micah. The bark flew off a palm tree near Bonjo, Micah yelled. The other man, who was still within shouting distance, came running within us with a small weapon in his hands. Out beyond the breakers, there was a ship, a yacht, moving slowly. The of sunlight, like an off metal, was visible on the deck, and the ricochet sound came again. What the? She exclaimed as Micah ran down the beach with her arms. This way, Bonjo yelled to him in a sharp, melodical ripple of gunfire sounded somewhere nearby. The firing brought other men to the beach, one of whom had a funny-looking long tube. It was Peter. Bonjo called something to him. He protested, but Bonjo insisted. He knelt, resting the tube on his shoulder. 
sighted and pulled the trigger. A shell flew out of it with a muffled roar. Seconds later, there was a huge splash in the water just off the yacht's bow. That'll buy us a battle minute. Let's go. Mike had grabbed Callie up in his arms and rushed up the beach to the house at a dead run. His men stopped firing and followed Mike called something to Bonjo in the language Callie had never heard before. What was that? She asked Chuck when he put her down inside the house. What happened? Lopez happened, unless I missed my guess. I was careless. It won't happen twice. Mikey said flatly. He walked away while she was still trying to form questions. Moments later, Mikey went to find Bonjo. The yacht is gone now, of course, Bonjo said angrily. Peter is upset that I refuse to let him blow her up. Some things require more authority than I have, even here, Mike said finally. But don't think I wasn't tempted to do just that. Lopez knows I have Callie, and he knows where she is now. He'll make a try for her. Look at Bonjo. She can't be out of her sight again, not for seconds. I am aware of that, the man replied stubbornly. Micah, does she have any idea at all that you're using her as baits? If you so much as mention that to her, like it threatened something, I would not. He assured the old man, but you must admit it hardly seems the action of someone who cares for her. Mike stared him down. She's part of my family, and I'll take care of her. But she's only part of my family because my father married her trampled her mother. She's managed to endure herself to my father, and it would kill him if anything happened to her. He said in a cold I can't let Lopez get to my father. Using Callie to bait him here. Where I can deal with him safely is the only way I have to get him at all. And I'm not backing down now. As you wish, when we said heaven, at least she has no idea of this. Micah agreed. Neither of them saw the shadow with the door behind them retreat to a distance. Callie went back to her room and closed the door very quietly, where she let the tears roll down her white face. She had given two years of her life not to have heard those cold words from Micah's lips. She knew he was angry with her, but she didn't realize the contempt with which he was willing to risk her life just to get Lopez, and he said about protecting her, keeping her safe, not letting Lopez get to her. It was all lies. He wanted her for bait. That was all she meant to him. He was doing it to save his father from Lopez, not to save her. Apparently, she was expendable. Nothing in her life had ever hurt quite so much. She seemed to go numb from the pain. She didn't feel anything except emptiness. She sat down in the chair beside the window and looked out over the ocean. The ship that had been there was gone now, but Lopez knew where the house was and how well it was guarded. Considering his record, she didn't imagine that he'd give up his quest just because Micah had armed men. Lopez had armed men, too, and all sorts of connections. He also had a reputation for never getting bested by anyone. He would do everything in his power to get Callie back. Thinking Micah really cared for her. After all, he rescued her, hadn't he? Strapped her arms around herself, remembering how it had been at Lopez's house, how that henchman had tortured her, felt sick all over. This was even worse than being in the foster care system. She was all alone. There was no one to offer her protection, to comfort her, to value her. Her whole life had been like that. For just a little while, she had some wild idea that she mattered to Michael. What a choke. At least she knew the truth now. Even if she had to eavesdrop to learn it, she could only depend on herself. She was going to ask Bonjo for a gun, get him to teach her to shoot it. She had to fend for herself. Apparently she did. She wanted a chance for survival. Michael would probably turn her over to Lopez if he got a guarantee that Lopez would leave his father alone. She reasoned irritably. The terror was terror she felt was so consuming that she felt her whole body shaking with it. When Mike opened the door to her room, she had to fight not to rage at him. It wasn't his fault that he didn't care for her, she told herself firmly. She loved his father as much as he did. She imagined to look at him without flinching, but the light in her eyes had gone out. 
They were quiet, haunted eyes with no life in them at all. Micah saw that and frowned. She said, what's wrong? You're safe, he said. Lopez was only letting us know he's nearby. Believe me, if he'd wanted you dead, you'd be dead. She said, well, I figured that out. She said in a subject tone. What now? I frowned even. We wait, of course. He'll make another move. We'll draw back and let him think we didn't take the threat seriously. That will pull him in. She lifted her eyes and face. Why don't you let me go sightseeing alone? She offered. That would probably do the trick. And risk letting them take you again? Yes, <laughs> solemnly. She laughed without humor and turned her eyes back to the ocean. Isn't that what you have in mind already? The signs between behind her was articulate. Would you like to explain that question? In ancient times, when they wanted to catch a lion, they tethered a live kid goat to a post and baited him with it. If the goat lived, they turned him loose. But if the lion got him, it didn't really matter. I mean, what's a goat more or less? Micah had never felt so many conflicting emotions at the same time. For the most of them, it was shame. You heard me talking to Bon Joe. She nodded. And his indrawn breath was the only sound in the room. Callie, he began without knowing what he could say to repair the damage. It's okay, she said to the picture window. I never had any illusions about where I fit in your family. I still don't. His teeth ground together. Why should be? Why should it be so painful to hear her say that? She was the interloper. She and her horrible mother had destroyed his relationship with his own father. He was alone because of her. So why should she? So why should he feel guilty? But he did. He felt guilty and ashamed. He hadn't really met everything he said to Bonjo. Somewhere there was a vague jealousy of the easy friendship she had with his right-hand man. The tenderness she gave Bonjo when she fought Micah tooth and nail. I'll do whatever you want me to do, she said after a minute. But I want a gun, and I want to learn how to use it. She stood up and turned to face him. Defiant in the shark theme white t-shirt and blue jeans, she changed into. Because if Lufus gets me this time, he's getting a dead woman. And I'll never go through that again. Mike Axelman, he's not kidding you. He said, better me than dad. She said, we'll go to him, right? Slammed the door and walked toward her. She didn't even try to back up. She glared at him from a face that was tight with grief and misery. Tracks of tears still visible down her cheeks. Do you actually think I'd let him take you, even to save dad? He demanded, what sort of man do you think I am? I have no idea, she said honestly. You're a stranger. You always have been. He searched her blue eyes with irritation and patience. You're a prime example. Of the reason I prefer mercenary women, he said without thinking. You're nothing but a pain in the neck. Thank you. I love compliments. You probably thrive on insults. He bit off. He remembered how she had to live all those years. He could have slapped himself for talking her. If they're all you ever hear, you get used to them, she read without rancher. I'm tough. I've had to be. So do your worst, Micah, she added. Tie me to a palm tree. Wait in ambush for, wait in ambush for Lopez to shoot me at. Shoot at me. I don't care. She did care. There was real pain in those blue eyes, which was trying so violent, violently to disguise with sarcasm. It hurt her that Michael would use her to draw Lopez in. That led him to the question of why it hurt her. And when he saw that answer in her eyes, he could have gone through the floor with shame. She loved him. He felt his heart stop and then started again. The thought went through him like she almost certainly loved him. She was doing everything in her power to keep him from seeing it. Remember her arms around him, her mouth surrounded Turned her into his, her body fluid and soft under his hands as she yielded instantly to his adore. A woman with her past would have had a hard time with lovemaking, yet she'd been willing to let him do anything he liked to her. Why hadn't he questioned that soft yielding? Why hadn't he known? Did she heard what he said to Boncho? Feeling that way. I swear to you, I won't let Lopez get you. He said in a firm, sincere tone. You mean you'll try, she replied on. 
I want a gun, Micah, over my dead body. He said, Arsley, you're not committing suicide. Her lower lip trembled. She felt trapped. She looked trapped. The expression initiated him like fireworks. He jerked her into his tall, powerful body, bent her mouth before she realized his intent. His warm, hard mouth bent into her lips with ardent insistence as his arms enveloped her completely against him. He felt his body swell instantly, as it always did when he touched her, growing against her mouth. Deep in the kiss, lost in the wonder of being loved, dizzyingly, he registered that she was making a half-hearted effort to push him away. He felt her cold, nervous hands on his chest, lifted his head, looked at her weary, uncertain little bit. I won't hurt you, he said softly. You're angry, she choked. It's a punishment. Um, I'm not, and it isn't. He bent again and kissed her eyelids. His hands worked their way up into the thickness of her hair and down her back, slowly pressing her to him. She shivered at the feel of him against her lips and chuckled at the telling. Most men would kill to have such an immediate response to a woman, but I don't suppose you know that. <laughs> you shouldn't. Lifted his head again and gave her a look full of amused. Worldly was, you think I can live? You think I can? Will it not happen, I guess? She thought, sorry, honey, but it doesn't work that way. He moved away, just enough to spare her blushes, but his hands slid to her waist and held her from him. I want you to stay in the house, he said, as if he hadn't done anything outrageous as well. Stay away from the windows and porches, too. She said, yes. If Lopez doesn't see me, she went, he knows you're here, said with faint distaste. I don't want him to know exactly where you are. I'll have men on every corner of the property in the house for the duration. I won't let you be captured. She leaned her forehead against him. You can't imagine... How it was? He had huskily, his arms tightened, holding her close. Cursed himself forever, having thought of putting her deliberately in the line of fire. Couldn't imagine he'd been that callous, even briefly. It'd been the logical thing to do, and he'd no, never let emotion get in the way of work. But Callie wasn't like him. She had feelings that were easily bruised. He'd done a lot of damage already. It was nightmare she had. Should have convinced him how traumatic her captivity had been, but he hadn't even taken that into consideration when he was setting up Lopez by bringing Callie here. I'm sorry. He bit off words. He wondered if she knew how hard it was to say that. She really do sentence. It's not your fault. You're just trying to save Dad. I love Dad too, Micah. She said, I don't blame you for doing everything you can to keep him safe. His eyes closed in the council. I'm going to do everything I can to keep you safe too. He told her. She said, I know. She pulled away from him with a faint smile to stop in the reaction. Thanks. Studied her face and realized that he never really looked at her so closely before. She had a tiny line of freckles just over her straight little nose. Her light blue eyes had like some dark blue in them. And she had the faintest little dimple on her cheek when she smiled. Touched her pretty mouth with his fingertips. was slightly swollen from the hunger and instant pressure of his lips. She looked rumpled from his door and he liked that scene. Take a picture, she said. You're pretty, he remembered with an odd smile. I'm not. And stop trying to flatter me. She played shipping with me. It isn't flattered. Flattery. He bent and brandished his mouth lightly over her parted lips. She gasped and hung there, her eyes wide and vulnerable on his face when he drew back. Her reaction made him feel taller. He smiled. You don't give an inch, do you? I suppose it's hard for you to trust anyone after the life you've led. I trust that, she snapped. Yes, but you don't trust me, do you? Not an inch, she agreed, pulling away. And you don't have to kiss me to make me feel better, either. It was to make me feel better. He pointed out, smiling at her. It did, too. She shifted her posture a little confused. His dark eyes slid over her body. Noting the little points that punctuated her breast. The unsteady breathing she couldn't control. Yeah, she wanted him. 
She folded her arms over her breast, curious about why you staring at them and felt uncomfortable, but she didn't know why. I didn't tell Lisa that you were an embarrassment to me. He said suddenly, watch Grace go. It's okay, she planted her I don't, I don't have good dress sense. I don't care about clothes most of the time. I'm used to women who do and who enjoy letting me pay for them. The more expensive they are, the better. He sounded jaded and bitter. She studied his hard face, recognizing disillusionment and resistance. She moved a step closer and volunteered. He sound, I don't know, cheated, maybe. I feel cheated, he said shortly. His eyes were full of argument. No man likes to think that he's paying for sex. Then why do you choose women who want expensive gifts from you? She asked him bluntly. He says he's his teammate. I don't know. Don't you really? She has her eyes soft and curious. You always said you don't want to get married, so you pick women who don't want to either. That sort of woman only lasts as long as the money does. Or am I wrong? Grace, quit. Go in there with that. Yes. He looked down at her from his great height. Narrow eyes and wondered. I suppose you're one of those women who would rush right over to a penniless man and offer to get a second job to help him out of the debt. She smiled sheepishly, ignoring the smoke. Sarcasm. I guess I am, she said. I scare men off. They don't want me because I'm not interested in what sort of car they drive or the expensive places they can afford to take me to. Like to go walking in the country and pick wildflowers. She peered up at him with a mischievous smile. The last man I said that to left town two days before he was supposed to. He was doing some accounts for Mr. Kep and he left skid marks. Mr. Kep thought it was hilarious. He was a notorious ladies' man, it seems, and he actually seduced Mr. Kep's last assistant. Micah didn't smile, as she expected him to. He looked angry. She held him. I don't have designs on you, honest. I know you don't like wildflowers, and this is your sort of woman. Not interested in you that way, anyhow. Considering the way you just kissed me, you might have trouble proving that. He commented dryly. You kiss, you kiss very nicely, and I have to get experience where I can. Is that it? He asked dubiously. She nodded enthusiastically. She smiled again as the terrible last hour came back. And the eyes she lifted to his were suddenly out. Micah, he's never going to stop, is he? Probably not, unless he has help. He lifted an eyebrow. I have every intention of helping him once I've spoken with the authorities. What authorities? Never mind. You know nothing. Got it? She saluted him. Yes, sir. <laughs> he made a face. Come on out. We'll have Mac make some sandwiches and coffee. I don't know about you, but I'm hungry. I could eat something. He hesitated before he opened up. I really meant when I told you, he said. Lopez won't get any, get within 50 yards of you as long as there's a breath in my body. Thanks, he said unsteadily. Felt cold inside. He couldn't imagine what had made him tell such lies to Bonjo where she might overhear him. He hadn't meant it. That was honest, but he knew she thought he had. She didn't trust him anymore. He opened the door to let her go first. The whiff of the soft rose fragrance she wore drifted up to his nostrils and made his heart jump. She always smelled sweet, and she had a lovely nature. Loving nature that was curiously considering her past. Miraculous considering past. She came with both hands. He thought of her with Bonjo. Something snapped inside him. Bonjo's off limits. He said as she slipped past him. So don't get too attached to him. She looked up at him. What a bunch of sour grapes. She Just because I threw my proposal of marriage to you. She talked up down the hall. He opened his mouth to speak. And just laughed instead. End of chapter 8.